0: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of tales from the csap floor i'm your host sabrina lott and today we have a very special guest with us we have gertrude wong who is joining us from barcelona she is going to be talking to us all about the ins and outs of mentoring do's and don'ts her experiences with it etc but before we get started on the actual topic of mentoring i figured it would be a great opportunity for gertrude to introduce herself and explain her diverse, very cultural background of living in a bunch of different areas across the globe and how she ended up today here in Barcelona.
1: Thank you, Sabrina. I'm originally from Hong Kong, so from an Asian kind of background. And I grew up in the States and spent some time in Canada as well. So I basically did my high school, university, elementary school in in North America. And finally, when my husband proposed, he's European. So now I have also the European culture under my belt. So it's, it's really great to have that diverse experience because when I now look at things, I, I can see it from many different angles. Definitely. And Gertrude, so that the audience knows, can you tell them what you do for Cisco? I am the customer experience director of operations. We work in the more of the services side and out of that in the EMIR region, I am the operations lead there.
0: Very cool. So Gertrude has a lot of experience not only in leadership, but um, also in mentoring people who are early in career. So can you tell us a little bit about how the CSAP podcast found you?
1: One One of the folks that are in the CSAP program, she actually asked me knowing that I'm very passionate about this topic, if I'm willing to come to do this podcast. And I was very happy to do so because I I feel it's so important to have someone guide you along your career. And if you don't know, know what to ask for, who to look for, you can be lost and it would just take you longer to get where you want to get to.
0: Absolutely. I I feel that on a a deep level, being early in career myself, I feel like once you, you jump on board, whatever organization that you join, sometimes it's difficult to be able to navigate those waters. So it's very important to have a mentor. But before we do that, I think that it's very important to distinguish what exactly mentoring is. And then also there's other buzzwords that are being thrown around as well, such as coaching and sponsoring. So are you able to distinguish the difference between those
1: three types of coaching, mentoring and sponsoring? Yeah, absolutely. And this it took my it took many years in my career to kind of figure this one out. Right. So I'm very happy <laughs> to share that with you. From my perspective, a coach is someone who guides you on a specific topic in a, in a specific time frame and they're not supposed to tell you what to do. They're supposed to help you figure out what you need to do. And now that's very hard both for the coach and also for you, right? Because you you sometimes you're sitting around waiting for, okay, tell me what to do. It's kind of like you go to the gym and the coach coaches and you have to do the sit up. <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> how it works, right? And so f- for for different things a coach, you know, serves very well as well. Mentoring and, and this kind of then starts to step up. For me mentoring is a little bit more commitment than than just general coaching on a specific topic in a specific time frame. A mentoring relationship is is a little bit more in, in depth in terms of a mentor can tell you what you need to do. And, and they've probably been there before. They have that experience. So they're willing to share with you either in terms of soft skills, hard skills, something you want to learn. So for example, you may go to a mentor and say, hey, I really like how you tell stories in public. Can you please you know, share with me how you do that? Or for example, you say, oh, I, you're doing the role that I really wanna do. Can you tell me more about that? Can I shadow you? So a mentor would kind of give you that type of experience and it could be, a, for me, a longer length of time or a little bit more in depth. And I always tell my team members, for mentor and coaches, definitely you can be as greedy as you want <laughs> and go out and, and ask a couple of people, you know, say, hey, I really observed, I really like how you, you did this or that. I, could, would you mind mentoring me? Give them a specific time frame to work with. The more specific you are, the better they can help you because actually most people do want to help you. Uh, and then the sponsorship thing is only something that I've learned in the last year or two. I've I've never really had anyone tell me they're my sponsor until only you know the last year or so and for me a sponsor is a person here to help you accelerate your career and so that is a big difference from just just different from mentoring etc for me a sponsor is someone who champions and advocates for you whether you're in the room or not they help you increase exposure they open doors for you and they create more opportunity and visibility for you things that you you probably didn't see at all because they, they're where they are in their careers or influence. They're able to make it happen for you. So I think you really need to understand, you know, what do you need and from whom, and then you know what to ask for as well, because I definitely didn't know that difference throughout my career. Definitely. And so in terms of
0: coaching and mentoring. I imagine that typically a person that would be able to be a coach or a mentor to someone who is early in career is usually mid-career or beyond someone who is more established in their career. But I would almost argue that a sponsor could be someone who could be a, a peer or an equal or above, but would what are your thoughts on that in terms of where someone needs to be in their career to be able to be any of these three roles?
1: I think coaching and mentoring, we, we now are, do a lot of reverse mentoring as well. So Irene, for example, from the CSAP program is also my mentor. <laughs> so I'm her mentor, oh, yeah. our sponsor, but she's also my mentor because she also tells me how things work, how how the early in grade folks think. And so for me, reverse mentoring can also be the case. So for me, you should have some. So in order to be a coach, you do have to have some skills. Like I mentioned, you're going to have to know how to guide people through things without actually telling them what to do. That itself is a skill. So in order to be a coach, oh, yeah. it doesn't really matter your, your kind of experience, but you have to know your role. So I, I actually think it, it could be someone that you're very good in PowerPoint skills and you can mentor someone, someone else. <laughs> so it's more around skills and experience. Yes. Sponsorship, in order to be an effective sponsor, you have to have had that experience and influence. So I do believe it, it, sponsors are usually the, the ones who are a bit more senior, who can go talk to your manager or your peers about you and have that influence. So I do believe a sponsor does require a little bit more seniority. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm just thinking about, at least in college, I have this one friend who she was below me a couple grades in school, but in terms of her experience blew me out of the water. <laughs> and, but I am now established a career where she is still in university and she wants to go into the sustainability field. She wants to focus on green building design and great stuff like that. And so for myself, I don't necessarily have a whole lot of influence here at Cisco and in that realm, but I may know some people. And so sometimes I feel like a sponsor to her just because whenever there's a job opening or anything that's like anything remotely sustainability related here at Cisco, I'm always pushing her name. And even though I'm early in career, I'm always saying she's a great, excellent person because in terms of actual skills and leadership abilities, I feel like she excels even me. So when you said sponsor and it does, they do need to be have some sort of superiority. That's what I thought of initially i was like i feel like a sponsor a little bit to this one individual
1: exactly no that's a very good example right part of sponsorship is is opening doors making someone see more than what they see amplifying their vision of what's available absolutely the other thing about sponsorship i've learned over the last year or so is it's it's a real commitment and they really follow you know my sponsor really follows through and in in the moments when i needed him even when I didn't know I needed him, <laughs> he, he was there, right? And he made things happen. So I think it's it's very important to know what to expect. And and also some folks mm-hmm. don't know that that you want them to be your sponsor. So you need to be very clear. So recently, I also um I have a, a kind of I don't know if you would call a mentoring relationship with one of the folks that I work with, and I I told him explicitly this is what you can expect from your sponsor. You need to go tell that person you want. That person to be your sponsor and this is what you need them to do (laughs) and and it worked out perfectly
0: this is a great segue i believe because you were talking about being able to be explicit with a person in terms of relationship expectations whether it be a sponsorship mentorship or coaching and so when someone is going to seek out a mentor or a sponsor they may have someone particularly in mind what typically is the best thing to be able to portray to someone that you want to have as your sponsor? What is important to make sure that it is clear and set right away as expectations?
1: Right. I think there are a few things. First, you have to have realistic expectations. So you have to kind of assess whether there is kind of a bi-directional feeling or chemistry. That is very important because the relationship will only work if, if that kind of chemistry exists the second thing is Mm -hmm. you know even though i've had i have had instances where i thought from a profile perspective that person would be the perfect mentor for me so i would approach that person but that person even if they want they may not have the time of the day you know so then you also have to learn when to kind of let go right it's okay don't worry (laughs) next right next one so you have to have realistic expectations you have to have the right chemistry you have to be clear with them what you're looking for so Usually someone says, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to be your mentor. You still need to be clear about what you want to work on. And you have to make that relationship work, meaning you're, you're probably going to have to do more work, setting up the calls, making sure you know there's time available. So those are the kind of key things that you have to keep in mind when you're looking for someone to be your mentor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And when you are
0: searching through this sea or this forest of people who potentially could be mentors. I think that there's a lot of anxiety sometimes with people who are early in career thinking, oh, if I asked this person to mentor me, or if I asked, if I ask anything of this person, they'll think that I'm a new nu- nuisance, etc. especially because when you're early in career, a lot of the times you don't have a lot to offer initially. So how do you go about finding a great mentor and knowing that that's a good fit?
1: Definitely do your research. So, you know, observe that person from far, from from close, figure out if there's commonalities that you can already start building. I know people who also, one of my mentees have asked around and just wanted to check out the reputation first and see, is this person even someone you would want to work with? So do your research first. There's a lot of people out there, right? So it's easy as an early in I remember when I first started working, I looked around and I'm like, wow, everyone just looks so big, right? Especially being an introvert, <laughs> I, you know, and, and speaking with Sabrina, I found out that actually for extroverts as well, <laughs> it seems daunting, <laughs> you know? So I think it, doing your research, t- trying out and just be brave, right? Most people do want to help. It, it could be the worst that can happen if you ask is they say no, or if they say yes, they don't have time so no one will bite you (laughs) no one you know they just just try keep trying and you'll find the right ones
0: so Another thing that I was thinking about in terms of reassuring someone that it's okay to be going and reaching out to specific people about these relationships is seeing what benefits will be reaped from the mentor's perspective. So can you just go into a little bit more detail about what you gain out of mentoring other people?
1: As kind of a mentor to quite a few folks, first is mentors actually do gain a lot of satisfaction from seeing you succeed. It's you know in Cisco we we every week we check in and we go to a tool and talk about what's what's gone well not gone what's not gone so well for the week. A lot of times, what I my love part is actually when I see the folks that I mentor grow and that they actually give me feedback as well and say whatever I told them about or told you know I told them to do or guided them had really worked. That's the biggest satisfaction for me. So as a mentor, you do get a lot. From just pure satisfaction seeing people succeed. And there are a lot of people who think that way, I know. The second thing you get out is also you learn about how things work from a different angle, right? Like I mentioned with she tells me how her world is, what the challenges she faces, and I'm just, you know, always amazed, right? You you, you always get to learn as well through those relationships. So I think it's a it's a win win. Um and I, I am sure many people think that way. Absolutely. And, you know, that brings us to
0: a good point in terms of early in career, the perception of people. I would say that, you know, someone from your perspective, who is a a really great advocate and proponent for people who are early in career trying to take their next steps, you, I feel like, have a very positive outlook on these people. Do you think that that is the general sentiment of most people within any
1: organization? That's a very good question. I can first speak of my own organization. We have a lot of Early in grades, folks passing through, whether they're an apprentice, intern, grads. And in my team, we we very much establish that everyone has a voice, regardless of what your experience is, because I, I do believe everyone has an opinion about something. So, you know, the, the, the more they learn, the more they observe, they will have a very d- distinct point of view. That's why I think it's super important to incorporate as quickly as possible, the early and grade folks, make them feel comfortable and make make sure they feel comfortable speaking up as well. Across the board, I would say it depends. I have seen other organizations that don't really know what to do with early and great. So, so there are different levels, right? There are some folks who are like, mm. I would say that's rare it's not common where people would feel maybe threatened by some by having many early in grade folks coming in, would, my, would I eventually lose my job? I would say that's very rare. I almost have never encountered that, but I, I can imagine it exists. Then you have the types that are like, I, I am very busy, so I don't know what to do this, with this person, so should I ask them to go photocopy things? And my advice is just, as I mentioned, um, demonstrate your value, right? Have a voice. One of my, one of the, my early mentors had told me I asked him what is the key for success when I was still in early grade, and he said conviction. So that means you have a point of view, you will explain what your point of view is, and you are very determined to make sure everyone understands that. So the earlier you can achieve that, the more success you will have.
0: I love that word conviction. I even actually heard that in terms of things that aren't like super preachy movies in a long time. And you saying that, I was like, that's how you apply that word. I think that that's such a great way to describe it because even myself, I just joined a new team and I struggle a lot because I'm trying to find ways to add value. Even though right now I'm still getting to know the team. I'm getting to know the account I'm on, etc. cetera. I'm just getting to know the lay of the land. And I want so eagerly to be able to prove my worth and say, this was a great hire. You know, you did a great job. I want to be able to do that. And I think that conviction is a really great word for that, of being able to prove yourself when it's appropriate in a way that is grounding and it's credible also. So I love that word conviction that you use that. And so your mentor giving you that, I'm like, I got to write that down.
1: I would also say you're also in a position to choose, right? So keep that in mind because if you encounter an organization that is not receptive, that may be trying to keep you, or at least the experience is that you're feeling that they're keeping you away, um, you're, you have a choice. Don't stay with them or or at least communicate that's your experience first, I would uh, suggest. you Explain to them that, hey, mm-hmm. this is my experience, right? Is it something I'm doing? Is it something I'm not doing? Can you please tell me? And if you then continue to encounter some resistance, then just do something else, right?
0: Yeah. You're actually, you're making me think of my my previous job before Cisco. I was in the construction industry before this, which was wild in itself, moving from construction to tech, but they really wanted someone who was early in career, who was a female in a very male dominated industry, etc. And they did a great job of trying to put in the effort, but it was, it was difficult for them because the way that it was set up, it was just hard for them to be able to give me time to help me learn and grow, especially when I needed that nurturing and fostering, because I wasn't coming from construction background or I didn't have that, those kinds of roots. So I think that brings us to a great point where when you realize that You know you have had a a mentorship for a while that type of relationship and maybe you're realizing that it is not a great for whatever reason maybe they don't have time maybe just your values don't align etc how is it what is a good way to be able to appropriately and respectfully wind down that relationship is there a best way to go about that
1: i think just be open so i would just lay it out and, and and explain that Hey I think this has worked out really well for me for it, it depends on what what experience you've had and and just explain that hey i think you know we we may not need to meet as often anymore or something like that so i think just being open is good sometimes but to be honest the way i've seen it kind of pan out is just let it let it be right over time if you if you if your meetings are more and more sparse i think both sides just kind of get the message so that's also okay mm-hmm. because i i do think like i mentioned right with a lot of the coaching and mentoring relationships you're probably you were trying to probably get something out of it and so was the other party and so it's okay that it kind of has a beginning and end usually also when we set up mentoring relationships we also set a time frame so i also with my team members i usually do try to identify potential mentors for them and then with the mentor i kind of set a time frame of 6 months to 12 months and so it's kind of known that is there's less pressure to to make sure unless unless they then want to continue some have continued with their mentors and that's okay as well so that's why in the beginning maybe you want to set some time frame maybe let's start for three months six months and then let's see how it goes then it's easier to kind of wind things down later as well if you have set something up up front definitely
0: well i think that all of that information is extremely valuable what are specific topics that you think that a mentor is able to help a mentee with um, specific things that come to mind for me is, you know, conviction, being able to advocate for yourself, how to do that, specific skill sets as well, like you were saying, Microsoft PowerPoint, public speaking, etc. Are there other things as well that you think that um, a mentor or even a mentee would be able to add value to the other
1: person? Yeah, let's start with the mentor-mentee, mentor-to-mentee. I think, um, from uh, at least speaking from my own experience, the range of topics we go into is very broad so for example one of my mentees we were going to talk about career we ended up talking about life life plans so for example you know um, when to get into the market or on real estate uh, tax planning you know so just because i've been there i can easily guide have you thought about hey if you did this this that this might be the consequence that's one, one that I, even I didn't expect, but worked out really well because she was exactly at that point in her life where she's thinking, do I do this or do I do that? And and it's not directly work-related, but it's okay. I've been there, I've done that. I actually have the knowledge, so I'm very happy to share. Um the other things could be for example just opening doors you know so uh, not exact sponsor slash mentor but uh, you know let me set, set up some meetings for you if, if this is the area exactly what you did with the, the, the relationship you were talking about earlier around sustainability hey i know that so and so i know so and so let me help you set that up and why don't we explore together what that could turn out to be so it, the, the topics can be very wide one time i had a mentor who when I was starting to lead the service provider side of the business for operations, I, I wanted to learn about the service provider industry. So she reached out and, and we had some time together where she explained to me what are the key things in that industry that's important to keep in mind, especially as an outsider to the company, what's important that our company, her point of view from, from the service providers themselves, from Cisco as a as a supplier. So that was a very important Outside in, kind of the point of view that I got. So I would say there's no limit to the type of topics that you ask for, whether it's some hard skills like presentation. I also have recently <clears throat> worked with one of my, one of my mentees had to do an important presentation. And I just was there as a fresh pair of eyes and ears listening in and providing guidance on, on hey, don't forget this, hey, prepare well, have several copies of your PowerPoint. So it could be as tactical and as, as kind of big picture as you want it to be. So you have to, but you have to think about what do you want.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you want? Yes, I think that that's important because sometimes I feel like in organizations, they, they encourage, um, networking. But a lot of the times they'll encourage network, networking just to network. And I think it's very important to network with a purpose. And that if you're reaching out to a specific person, you have an idea in mind of what you want to be talking about. I have a couple mentors myself in my brain. I'm like, oh, I could talk to them about that. As you said that I have a presentation coming up. I'm like, they would be a great person to talk to about that. That would be fabulous. I love
1: that. I remember when I started my career, people had said, "Oh, yeah, you need to go and get a board of directors for yourself." And it was very daunting to me, I have to admit, because I thought, "Who the heck wants to be a board of director for me, right? <laughs> you know it's yeah, starting from it scratch. Good. I just take it one day at a time, one step at a time is what I say I think is the most kind of effective. And you know whether the board of director works for you or not, you know you can decide for yourself. Don't give yourself too much pressure trust in the chemistry and the relationship and trust that people actually like want to help in general so and so that makes it easier to 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 um, tackle and it's not so daunting I agree it's less daunting it's less intimidating and it's
0: in my opinion it's encouraging that people are out there that want to be able to help you sometimes that it all it takes is just to be able to ask and all those doors get open your mind gets open to what where the potential is, where people can help you, etc. So, Gertrude, I just wanted to say thank you for your time today. I think that you provide a lot of insights and expertise. I feel like for myself, I, I believe that I'm well networked and that I, you know, handle my mentoring relationships well, but talking to you, I'm like, wow, I feel like I I just like started reading the book on mentoring and <laughs> you you brought me up to speed on the next couple chapters. So I really, really appreciate the time that you've spent with me today.
1: No, thank you very much. It's really an honor for me. This is a very passionate topic for me. Thank you, Sabrina.